Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining me. And I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it is such a pleasure to be here. And lately, it's so important to recognize, well, not just lately, all the time, but lately we're, we're, we're kind of being shown new directions in terms of really not hurting anyone, not being careless with your relationships, and really honoring people and, and taking care of who you are and who they are. And it's so important because many people have survived all sorts of challenges, whether it be related to weather or their own financial challenges or personal abuse or domestic violence. And we're going to shed a light on some of that today with an incredible author and superstar survivor. Her name is Karen M. Shenman, and she was honored in 2005 by the Women of Diversity as one of the 200 women who made a difference in the city of Las Vegas during the last 100 years for the Las Vegas Centennial. Mm -hmm. Also in 2006, the Southern California Motion Picture Council honored her for publishing an outstanding family magazine. Her book, which I can't wait to come out, is called Psychology of a Superstar Survivor, and it tells how she survived and was able to move forward to tell her story, and we're blessed to have that with the wisdom that Karen gained to guide others. I'm talking about Karen, who's a motivational speaker on so many different topics, including spousal abuse, moving forward after death or divorce of a spouse, relationships we create through communication and more. As president and founder of the Las Vegas Now magazine, she wrote many articles that appeared in each issue. It was in publication for 13 years and was the only magazine of its kind for and about the people of Las Vegas Valley. The issues cover topics such as health, education, shows, movies, political scenes, fundraisers, individuals making a difference, you name it. Here is somebody who is not only making a difference in many people's lives, but she's here to really help us change the face of relationships. Welcome, Karen M. Chenman. How are you? Thank, thank you so much, Joanne. What a beautiful intro. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And, you know, it's it's Superstar Survivor. I know that's the title of your book, and we're going to talk about that. And I, like I said, I can't wait for the book to come out. But you are. I mean, that's who you are. So tell our listeners, Karen, 
what that's about, what the story is, your story in relationship to being a survivor and how that that translated into the title for your book. Well, it, everything I talk about in my book is my life, as well as giving steps for individuals, as well as women in particular, to find their soulmate and how they can go about that, the positive and negative attributes to look for when finding a soulmate. And not just a word like trust, but we explain the word trust. We go into detail. We also have quotes from famous people. So I want to help. And in particular, do you know that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month? And that's Definitely. very near and dear to my heart. Uh, with my uh, superstar T-shirt, which I'll talk about in a minute. But if you, you ask about my life and how I became superstar survivor, which I coined that phrase, when I look back, I was raised in a domestic violent home. It wasn't always that way. Um, it was my mother. She was uh, had mental issues but she was also extremely intelligent. I learned a lot from her when she was calm and good. I was determined that when I grew up that I would not raise my children in the same manner, and I didn't. And I am proud to say my daughter and my son are highly educated, happily married with children of their own, and have always said to me, you raised us well, so that what more can a mother ask for? I uh, married... My late husband, he was my high school sweetheart. I was a junior in high school when I met him. He was a junior in college. His dream was to become an attorney, and so he did against all odds. He's the father of my two beautiful children, and unfortunately he tragically passed away on his 35th birthday, unexpected. That was unbelievably devastating. How old were your kids? Eight and four and a half. When he died, that's that's a, that yeah, that's difficult not just for you but also so much for for the children. Yes, and it was on his birthday as well, and we were supposed to have a party for him, and it was mm. just a horror. He was a an exceptional man. He wrote poetry to me, my children, and about life in general. And some of those poems will be in my book, as well as there will be another book of poems. Since I've been writing my manuscript, I've been inspired, and I've written some poetry. So there will be Beautiful. a book of poetry. Beautiful. I want to go back yeah. for a minute. Sure. I want, to, I want to go back for a minute to when you were growing up, mm-hmm. because often people think that, Domestic violence is just about how men treat their their wives, their spouses, or whatever, and 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 that okay. they usually mm-hmm. that it they usually see that it they usually expect that that violence is brought upon by a man. Now you've experienced something different from right. your mother that left this indelible mark on you that you know that that actually shifted you in my mind to some of what you're doing today to to 
break that. Firstly, there's so much silence with that, too, and to, right. to really help women and men. So tell us a little bit about yes. how, I mean, it, how you were able to kind of extricate yourself from that. Is your mother alive today, or, you know, have you made peace not. with that? With yes, uh, it's interesting. My sister, my late sister, they're all gone, my mother, my father, my sister, unfortunately, and I do miss them. Um, my sister was 17 years older than me. There seemed to be a pregnancy in between that my mother lost and could not become pregnant until another gynecologist said, I'll help you, hopefully you'll have another baby. And here I am. So I, in, in one of the, cha- the beginning of my chapters on my book, I am a miracle baby. I really wasn't supposed to be. Uh, Interesting enough, my mother was 35 when she gave birth to me. My father was 45. Today, young people are having children at that age and beyond. But when my mother was pregnant at that age and had me, it was unusual to have a child, 35, a 35-year-old woman. So my sister had been very ill when she was an infant and developed infections. I believe, called mastoids in her ears, the infections affected her brain. So my sister was mentally challenged. She was able to hold down menial jobs, but she was very difficult to deal with, especially for my mother, who was close to being a perfectionist. It was advised by the doctor, by the family doctor, that my mother put her in a special program, possibly even then later in a special home, but my mother would have none of it because she wanted to protect her, which in a way we can understand, she wanted to protect her child. However, the domestic violence was from my mother mainly towards my sister and sometimes towards my father, who, of course, was a sweetheart of a man. But my mother's anxiety and depression, that's what it was, anxiety and depression, she couldn't control herself. And because my sister was so hard and to deal with and stubborn, the yelling and screaming was like a tornado in my home constantly. My mother also had a hard time getting along with her sisters and brothers. I don't know what that was all about. I loved my aunts and uncles, but I'm not sure where that came from. Now, I must go back and say my mother and father had much harder upbringing than I did. I can't even imagine their, how, how hard their life was and what they lived with. My mother was one of five children. She became the mother to the children while her mother worked. They were very poor. Her father went blind at a young age. They slept. My mother slept with her brothers and sisters in one bed. I can't even imagine how hard it was for her. But she, she was never able to get beyond she she kept a beautiful home, even though we didn't have a lot of money. It was a humble home, but clean. She was a wonderful cook, baker. She could sing. She taught me a lot. Yet maybe she, you know, maybe she just got tired from all because if she had to take care of brothers and sisters, and and you came later. I mean, maybe it was just overwhelming. And I'm not excusing anybody, but but you know, I just think mm-hmm. that. The way you what you're describing, Karen, is she is she didn't have an easy life in many ways, and no. often, right. and it sounds like there were issues with with depression, maybe even some mental illness or whatever. And at that time, mm-hmm. people didn't 
talk about it or know enough about it. So, um, well, I did take her to a psychiatrist. She did get um, tranquilizers for a long time, and then when I had my driver's license, still in high school, I had to drive my mother with my aunt to a psychiatrist for shock treatment, and that was a horror. It was a terrible time, and this was a time when I needed advice and everything for college. It was just, I I forgave my mother for always trying to tell me what to do, even when I was a married woman. Um, There's more to the story that I really don't want to go into at this time, but it was difficult. Right. And So uh, there you were. You had this very difficult, challenging background and and sort of had to learn about how to be a mother, not from the role model that you had and not only that, but you've you you've shifted so many other people's lives. So how did you get from being, you know, you said the violence, you know, the the the, the domestic violence here was mostly for your sister, but being in an in an environment like that, even if you're not necessarily the victim, is frightening, is disturbing, is is unsettling, and those you know those are just some of the words that come to mind. So how did you get from being in that place and maybe of a lot of fear or whatever, and certainly not feeling that you were getting what you needed to doing? what you're doing today. What was the shift in your mind? How did how did that take place? Oh, and or Karen, was it in college? Was it afterwards? What happened? It was my boyfriend who's my late husband who became my my husband. He was so opposite and his home life was so opposite from what I was living with. Happy he was had a sparkling personality. He made you laugh when he was ill. You had to laugh. He was just an unusual person. And he lifted me up, even though, obviously, I have an inbred courage and strength because I knew I wasn't going to raise my children and have a home like I grew up in. I knew it. I vowed that. And, of course, he made it easy because he was so wonderful. And we were just like two peas in a pod. We became friends, fell in love. I'll mention this even though it's difficult to speak about. When I, was in, when I met my late husband when I was in high school, I dated other guys too. I was fairly popular, I guess. But he was the one. Mm. My mother sent him phone in our home when I was talking to him. I was already in college, in my second year of college, and he was working. He was out of college and working as a social worker until he went to law school later on. He was telling me, I'm starting to save $25 a week (laughs) so that in a year we can become engaged, and then after you graduate college, we can get married. That was wonderful. My mother heard that, and she went wild. Why? We we lived in a small apartment. She thought it was too soon for me to make a decision for marriage. Okay, well, there are ways to handle that. 
talk to me. Right. Bring bring Phil, who was my late husband, bring him into the house, bring his parents into the house. We live near each other. Talk to us. Instead, and this had never happened in the home before, she tried to hit me and was after me in the small apartment to get a hold of me. My boyfriend heard this on the phone. Mm. He, he called the police. The police came, and so did my boyfriend with his father. This was unbelievable in my life. I was taken out of the house with a few things that I packed in a suitcase. I was able to live at my boyfriend's aunt's home for a couple of weeks, and we got married. That was not in the plan. You know, I didn't speak to my mother for, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say what's amazing is is how things changed, and even though you got married earlier than expected, it it still was incredibly beautiful and blossomed. Go ahead, finish your story. We had a tiny wedding. My parents came and I I didn't speak to my mother for I guess a couple of months or so. And then of course, I always felt bad for the whole situation. I once took my mother and my sister to the psychiatrist together because they fought after I was married. They fought like cats and dogs. And of course, in the psychiatrist's office they're fighting like cats and dogs. So uh, I I tried. I was always there for my parents, always there for my parents and my sister. I tried, I tried, I tried. I did for them when they were ill. One of them stayed at my house. The other one was the hospital. I cooked for them. When I was a married woman with children, I did whatever I could. And I I made up with them, yeah. Well, you know, I think that's so important. Yeah, I think it's so important to forgive people and to move forward in spite of mm-hmm. and it's more for you. We always think about that that it's for them, but it's 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 also for you so that you could move through. So you got married, you had beautiful children, is that and you said your husband was kind of the the inspiration for what you've been doing. How did that come about? I mean, was that something that the two of you talked about? Was it was it this burning desire that you had for you know throughout college, or what what made you do the magazine and and, and everything that you're doing now? Was there one particular incident or reason or, or what? Okay, well that's interesting because we have to go on to my second marriage, who is my ex-husband. I made a huge mistake. I was vulnerable. My heart was open. I was suffering after my husband passed away. And I wanted a I wanted a marriage again. I wanted to fall in love. I wanted a father for my children. Right. I met a man who grew up in the same area I grew up in. I knew two of his cousins. I knew them from high school. Actually, one of them was an attorney who I I knew from my late husband. Good people. He had no children. Told me he was married once before many years ago. That wasn't true. Of course, he told me he had no children. That wasn't true either. However, 
I didn't find that out for many years. I married on the rebound. I didn't know him well enough. I did meet his aunts, his uncles, good people. But I married a man who eventually was diagnosed as bipolar, passive-aggressive personality disorder. That was way towards the end of our marriage. He worked in the garment center in New York. I wasn't there. I didn't know what he was doing. He was also a gambler, pathological liar. I didn't know all this. He seemed like he was good to to the children and I, but he never made a good living. He was always changing jobs. So, you know, I realized it's hard sometimes for one man to make enough money, and I then started my clothing business, which was called Accente. I was, I'm artistically uh, talented. I paint on canvas, my first love. Then I started painting on clothing, and that became quite a business with embellished women's wear because I knew we needed another income, which was fine. I had two children. I had to put them through college. My income went way beyond his, but that's okay. However, the economy has put more than one of my businesses under. The economy, I was in business for 14 years. Uh, my goods sold all over the country, some actually out of the country, other, other countries. And uh, I had several employees, and the economy hit hard, and I had to close my business, which was very, a big blow. Very, very difficult. Huge. And then you say, well, where am I going to go from here? You do take some time, three weeks, I guess, I took, to just sit back and think, what do I do now? We need an income. I can't run and hide. I need to go forward. I need to live. I have two children. So I went back to college and studied graphic design. And I started doing brochures, uh, booklets, all kinds of things for businesses. That didn't happen fast enough. And my ex-husband lost his job, told me he was blackballed in New York. That's because of him. Never to get a job again there. Well, he worked there for decades. So who knows what he did to totally not have a job again. Okay. We had vacationed in Las Vegas. Our honeymoon was in Las Vegas. It was wonderful. It's a great place to live if you don't gamble. Ah, if you don't gamble. I wasn't and he was and he was a gambler. I want to I want to move your story forward a little bit because I want to yes. focus on the next. Yes. But go ahead. Right. So, we decided that Las Vegas at that time, the late 90s was booming. Houses were inexpensive, easy to make a living. It was difficult to move. I had to leave my 25-year-old son in New Jersey, and that was very difficult. My daughter had already, uh, she was married, and living in Florida, actually, because of her husband's opportunity. So here I am, picking up, moving west, go west, young woman, and who knows what I was going to do. After a short time, I noticed that there was no magazine for the community. There were only magazines for the Strip, talking about all about the Strip. 
So there I go. I started a magazine. Had I, research, research. I think my first name actually is research. I had no idea what I was doing, but I researched. And I started a magazine, and it grew, and it was extremely successful. And then someone saw my magazine and said, we need to do a television radio program. My ex-husband at the time was gambling, and to make a long story short, he hurt my business quite a bit towards the end. And then I decided to divorce him. He was, it was either divorce him or he was going to destroy me because he became now an unbelievable abuser screaming and yelling at me for no reason while I'm trying to work on the magazine and make money, and he was doing nothing. So, so finally, you were I'm able to, Yeah, you were but, finally able to do that, which is incredible. You know, and what's also incredible is moving across country to and and like you said, being a researcher and being able to hone in on what was needed in what I think Karen is an incredibly short amount of time. So that kudos to you. Thank and you. you know, you're talking about domestic violence. I mean, you experienced that not only from your mom, you know, but in mm-hmm. the whole, in the, but also from your ex-husband. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about, about what you're doing with that too, because I think that's important. You are very much behind doing away with eradicating domestic violence and you know I years ago I just want to tell you a quick story many many years ago I actually did some volunteer work in a home it was actually in Pennsylvania for women who had experienced domestic violence and many and with and so they were living there temporarily some some with children some without children and what was so interesting statistically at the time was that many of these women would go back to their the place where that domestic mm. violence took whether whether it was because mm. they didn't trust themselves or they didn't have the mm-hmm. self esteem or the wherewithal. And so mm-hmm. what are you going to do? And that's unfortunate because they go back to the same place where they were getting heard or, or putting their kids in jeopardy or whatever. So mm-hmm. what are you doing What and what's your goal in terms of ending it and, and really making a difference in that arena? Because that, that's, you know, there are so many people that women and men who are experiencing domestic violence in the home, and it's and it's often silent. It's often hidden. Yes. Well, it was hidden with me in Las Vegas. I couldn't speak to anybody because I felt it would ruin my business. I, I couldn't right. let it get out that my husband was having serious mental issues and screaming at me all the time. So that was very difficult to keep that in. And if, if I didn't divorce him, I was going to have a heart attack or a nervous breakdown because I couldn't do it. But interesting, when I was in Las Vegas, married to him, and he was carrying on, here I went. I started to research, screaming, yelling, paranoid. What What is this all about? Which was the beginning of my researching domestic violence. And I said something has to be done about this. Well, after I divorced him, I decided to come back to New Jersey. My children, both on the East Coast, and I also ha- still had my business, my, my magazine. But I felt I, I wanted to come home. And how fortunate I was to meet my husband now on a dating site, which is a story in itself. 
but uh, <laughs> we're very, very happy. Uh, our past probably cost when I was living in New Jersey years ago because he raised his children in Livingston. I raised my children in Springfield, and we went to all the same places. But, okay, that's, that's another story. I, I, I said something has to be done for women. One, one of the most important things is education. And with education, you learn that this is wrong. I shouldn't put up with it. I've got to get out of it. Many women, you have told me this in previous conversations, and I have a very good friend who's a divorce attorney. And he has also said to me, so many women who have been in one of your shoes, whether your husband passed away or divorced or domestic violence, cannot go forward. They have a hard time picking up themselves and going forward. And that's the lack of education. And no one should put up with being abused. No one deserves, everyone deserves happiness. So I sat back and I said, well, a book. I need to write a book. I need to do speaking engagements. I need to get the word out there. And not only that, when I I recently started my uh, Pay It Forward t-shirt, was just launched on my website yesterday. Actually, I just emailed you all the information from my website and a photo of the t-shirt. My goal with that is for every t-shirt that's purchased, a portion of the uh, profits will go be donated to nonprofits who protect, educate, and empower women who are victims of domestic violence to go forward and have a life, be happy, and possibly become a superstar survivor, not just a survivor, because if they survive domestic violence, they have to go forward and become a superstar survivor. Make something of You know, themselves. I think what you're doing is... Yeah, I think what you're doing is so very important, and I, I love the idea of the, those shirts and, and making a difference. Something that I also think is that, yes, women need education, and like you said, they need to be empowered. They also need to know that there is something after, whether it's support of other women, knowing that they can make a difference, knowing that they may be able, you know, I I know of a few women who went back because their, especially their their husbands were the abusers, and they went back because they didn't know how to support themselves. And they figured, okay, well, Han, I'll I'll just endure this because how am I going to make a living for my children and myself? And, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't know where to turn. So education, as you said, is the key, and also getting resources, jobs, training, whatever yes. it is, so that women can be empowered. Yep, yes. Right. Start right. a new career, research, do something, get started, pick yourself up. Now, one of the biggest problems with my situation is when I married my ex-husband too soon, and that was a, a huge mistake that I didn't know him well enough. And that's where my the word create, how we create our lives, and how I have the C dot R dot E dot E dot and E dot for create. And I have a definition of how someone can go forward with those powerful letters that become words. Do you want me to say something about that? 
this, that's important, yes. Well, before that, actually, when I do speaking engagements, as well as when my book is published, I will also be giving back. No question about it. With everything I make, I will be giving back to the nonprofits. I feel so strongly about that because this has to, this has to end. People need to learn, and men will learn too. I know men are abused. As a matter of fact, my husband now was in an abusive relationship from his wife. So I you know, know that's the case as well. I, I just want to say something real fast because mm-hmm. I, I once with with a with a ma- a male, you know, a client, a man, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was talking about being abused by his wife. And that was the first time mm-hmm. I ever, again, we don't think of that. She used to throw things at him and a glass yes, and a him. jar yes. and and yes. and beat mm-hmm. him, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I thought, how is that possible? But it is. Because men won't hit a woman for the most part. And they probably love them. And they think maybe they'll change, like I was trying to help my ex-husband. Oh, he'll change. I'll help him. But that never worked. Right. It just got worse and worse because he would never go for help. He was told, but he wouldn't go by everyone, by the doctors. My children begged him to go for help. He wouldn't go for help. So when we talk about getting to know someone, that's where the word create comes in because it starts with communication. C is for communication. And ask friends as well as strangers what is the first way we communicate with someone when we meet them? Most of the time, we meet them in person, whether it's in business or in life. We meet them in person. What is the first thing? Well, you're going to be surprised with my response. They, they say, well, we talk to them. And actually, yeah. it's, it's actually before listening, it's appearance. We communicate with how someone looks, how we look, how they look. If someone is unkempt, their nails are dirty, they're sloppy, that's the first way we're communicating. Yes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you are. And we only have one chance to make a first impression. So that's the first thing. The second thing, of course, is listening, and that's, there was recently someone on LinkedIn that we're so active on that talked about listening and the fact that so many people don't and they interrupt when someone is speaking, which is disrespectful. And when you interrupt, how do you know what that person was going to finish saying? It's so disrespectful and very common, unfortunately. So communication, listening, appearance, and then speaking. That's the C for create our lives. Number two is relationships. How do we build relationships? With communication, by listening and speaking. And it takes time to build a relationship. That was my big mistake. I married too soon. I didn't know him well enough. I thought I did. I knew his family. I knew his cousins. One was a lawyer. One was an accountant. You know, it comes from a good family. His parents had both passed away. He was an only child. And he had problems as a child, unfortunately. And that's where a lot of his, as an adult, issues came from. He told me that when he was four years old, he was sent to sleepaway camp. He was also enrolled in elementary school instead of waiting till five. 
because his mother liked to play cards. Should we go any further with that? How that affects a child? Never got over that. Okay, when we go on to E of create, education, so important. You need to educate yourself, whether you do research, go back to school, whatever. You need to have an education in some sort of way to go forward. You may have to change careers. Well, I went back to school and I got an education. So that's extremely important how we create our lives in order to go forward. Then there's A for attitude. Well, if you don't have the right attitude to say, okay, my first business, the economy hurt me, I had to give it up. If you don't have the right attitude, say, okay, I'm going to go forward. What do I have to do to go forward? I need to do something. I need, and all of this, of course, in my respect, is I need to make money. But I also wanted to do it in something that I had a passion for. Art is my passion. And it wove its way through my entire career, from painting on canvas to doing graphic design to doing a women's, successful women's clothing company, all art. And now writing a book, of course, is another part of art, the art of writing, which I never thought I would do. But I never thought I would do a clothing business that was huge, a magazine, art as well. Never, ever thought. And that's when my writing really came out of me when I had the magazine and I wrote so many articles on the editorial. And I also did pages of of the magazine Business in Women. I gave a lot of pages away to charities, nonprofits, because I thought that's so important. So here we are with your attitude. If you don't have the right attitude, you can't go forward. You have to tell yourself, I need to go forward, so I have to have the right attitude. Then we come to trust, the T for trust. You have to trust in yourself. Obviously, all of this was in me. I don't know where I got all this, but it was in me from a child. And my, my first husband, my late husband, certainly helped me, no question about it. His, his attitude, his sparkly personality, his never give up was unbelievable. So you need to trust in yourself to go forward, and you need then the E for create at the end is you empower yourself to go forward. That's how we create our lives. End of story. <laughs> you know, it's a great acronym. It's real. You know, it's really important that we that we have those tools and that we don't jump into relationships. I think it's it's very telling because well, you can't. You know, you jumped into a relationship early. You were still hurting. You were still healing, and maybe wanted consoling or whatever. And oftentimes, many women and and, and now I'll say women and men jump into relationships, like you said, without really taking the time to get to know someone. And they're doing it because maybe it's from insecurity. Maybe I also think that that many people are not comfortable being by themselves, getting that sense of self-empowerment. So I think that that that's something through education and training that that Mm -hmm. you'll be able to help people with. Well, I I have to tell you, I believe in marriage. I I really believe in someone who's there for you, and you're there for them 24-7. He told me he was going to protect me. Okay, that didn't happen. I wanted a father for my children. I thought that was so important. So uh, I, I thought he had no other responsibilities, which he didn't because he did give up his child to his 
ex-wife. So we didn't have responsibilities in that in that way. But and in but he friend, lied. He my children. Yes. Right. Well, that you know that's from the blessing. All right. That's the blessing in it. In that, if nothing else, so we could mm-hmm. talk about so much. We we really just tur- touched the surface of this, but we're running out of time. And I mm-hmm. want you tell our listeners how they could find out more about what you're doing, really be able to purchase one of those beautiful shirts so that, that again, they're helping to contribute to wonderful causes to end domestic abuse, domestic violence. So please tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, the, the, the shirt, when, well, we don't know yet when the book is coming out, but again, how, where they need to look for it and whatever, so we can right. really push as much as possible. Right. On If someone is listening, obviously they see the information of my website, which which can be reached in more than one way. Uh, my name is a little bit difficult. My last name to spell, which is uh, my one of the ways to reach my website is Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Shenman, my last name, S-H-E-N-M-A-N.com. Another way, which might be a little bit easier in someone's mind, uh, is courage. The word courage, G-O-U-R-A-G-E, a hyphen, a regular hyphen, light, L-I-G-H-T, courage-light.com. There's a, quite a bit of information there about me, my life, the beginning, uh, what I've done, what I've accomplished. Uh, the, um, the T-shirt is there in the Pay It Forward store. Uh, and uh, that's how people can reach me. And they can contact me on my blog and through the contact page as well. I'm available for speaking engagements where I go into more detail to help women, not necessarily my life's detail, not too much, like we discussed here, but more about how to help, the steps to take to find your soulmate and to go forward as an entrepreneur. I talk about the psychology of entrepreneurship, which I have been and still am. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) that's how to contact me. Wonderful, Karen. You, You have a lot of information, and you're certainly doing wonderful things to help Again, not just women and women and men, and also when you're doing children. that, you're helping you're helping their children. Right, exactly. That's where I was Absolutely. going. You're helping their children, yes. and also really helping. You know, oftentimes through domestic violence, people you were lucky. Some people actually don't survive it, or or the bruises yes. are so yes. deep. And maybe even physical that that you know they're holding on to those for the rest of their lives. So kudos for all that you do, for all that you're intending to do and continuing to do. And let us know when this book is going to be out. Superstar Survivor. I love the title, psychology. and I love psychology. Psychology. I know that you. Uh, let me say. You are you are the superstar survivor that's incredible and the book is called Psychology of a Superstar Survivor which has so much in it including like you said and we didn't get into that right now but we'll reserve for another time how to build a relationship how to get find yes. your soulmate and wonderful things like that so thanks so much for all you do and for being a great guest on the show. One more thing, let me mention. There are videos on my website. 
and I will give you a little tickle because we do need a sense of humor in everything. And when I speak in my most recent video, there are three on my website right now, and I mention one of the chapters in my book is Psychology of, are you ready? Sex, drugs, rock and roll, baby boomers, and millennials, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Thank you. Thank and have you a pleasure. so much. My pleasure. So remember to check out her website, Karen's website, and we will keep you posted about this upcoming book, Psychology of a Superstore Survivor. And remember, we've been talking about surviving. We've been talking about empowerment and making a difference in people's lives. You can make a difference in your own life. That's one of the reasons that I call this show Power Your Life because you have the ability to, and you have so much within you, to be able to move forward, even if it's just taking a little step each time, and to empower yourself and in turn empower others. So take a moment today. Take one step forward into something that you really want to do, Some something that, that is inspiring you, do make a difference in somebody's life, take, take some small step or large step to empower yourself and to feel that you are making choices that are benefiting you as well as others. We're shifting gears next week on October 25th, and we have Tamara Green and David Dashinger who really created this app. They're talking about dramatically improving the cancer experience with meditation and this incredible app that they developed. So stay tuned. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to docwhite, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org, or Dr. D-R Joanne with an E, white dot com. You'll find out about upcoming shows, about more information, blogs, resources, whatever. And remember, you have everything that you need. You have the ability. You have the initiative. You have the strength and the gifts within you. So do something beautiful with you and with those gifts. And have a blessed day wherever you are. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.